millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to the Fighting on Film podcast. The podcast all about classic and obscure war movies. From the Normandy landings to the days of chivalry and swords, if it's been captured on film, we're going to try and cover it. I'm Robbie of RM Military History. I'm Matthew Moss of Historical Firearms and the Armourer's Bench. Hello there, sorry to interrupt. I wanted to let you know that you can now join our supporting cast over on Patreon. As thanks for your support, you'll be able to help us pick films, submit questions for guests, have first pick on brand new and exclusive merch, and much more. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. Hello, welcome back to Fighting on Film. As we approach the big 150 next week, um, we thought we'd pack a couple of films around the 150, detailing uh, some of the movies that have been on the Fighting on Film Google Drive since we started the show in 2021. Yeah. If, you're, if you're a long-time listener, um, if you're a short-term listener, we might as well explain it. It's when we started the show, we made this database of like 100-odd films, um, and it's pretty much been untouched. <laughs> um, <laughs> we haven't really used it. So every now and then we we kind of dip in. We go, oh, yeah, that one that one will work. Um, and uh, Matt's we continually to... add to it, but we do not subtract to it. Yes, exactly. That's yeah. the problem. <laughs> um, and Matt has been wanting to do The Real Glory for a while. He's He's pitched it as a... A Patreon pick for a few times, mm-hmm. and it's sort of kind of float, flown under the radar. So we'll dust this one off and give it a and give it a watch. Um, so yeah, this week's film is The Real Glory. It's a really interesting one because it covers a topic that you really wouldn't expect 1930s Hollywood to cover. Yeah, and it's a conflict that hasn't really been you know looked at in film Not before since. or since. Um, and it's the first film to tackle the Filipino insurrection, the Moro uh, rebellion. Yeah. Um, interestingly, the, the first time the I ever US. heard about this war was in a, a Playboy magazine from the 60s no way. that I bought to do my Vietnam reenactment with. And it right. had like a little write-up about one oh. of the big battles in there, which was really interesting. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. The heft just being like, yeah, get that... Um, Get that Moro Rebellion article <laughs> yeah. in, in there this get, month. Get that in um, there. <laughs> definitely the, the, the boys need a palate cleanser. Um, they do, yeah. Center page and then <laughs> Spanish America War. So it's just what the boys need. <laughs> oh, and we should mention as well before we jump off your the new t-shirt design that Serbit dropped. Oh yeah. So we've got a new uh we've gone for a nice big bold simple t-shirt design to celebrate the 150. Um uh, we are dropping it this week, uh, so check out fightingonfilm.com. Uh, it's like a, it's available in white, it's available in black and navy, unisex, all sizes. Um, and it's it's a film reel like um, uh, frame with fighting on film, the war movie podcast written in the middle of it, and it, I think it looks good. I like it. I've it looks one, lovely. So, you know, Matt designed yeah. it in house, um, and you can, and that's available for under twenty pounds. 
Um, yes, we've kept them it as cheap as kept we can. It really cheap on this one. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of other ones up on there already, um, but this one we've tried to keep really affordable. You know, mm. so you know if you want to, you can rep the show in t-shirt form. Yeah, please do, please do. We'd love to see it. Um, oh, and there's so a mug yeah. as well. There's a mug. Oh, and there's a mug. There you yeah. go. Ceramic mug. Exciting times. Oh, you you can have a brew when you watch a movie, haven't you? Exactly. You do. No, t- no stand to until we've had a brew. Exactly. That used to be a slogan, didn't it? We sort of dropped as it. As we've said we? since like the third episode. Yeah. <laughs> and we dropped it for no for no undiscernible reason. Just maybe I should just fit. doesn't always fit, no. Maybe I should just jump into the production this week. I tell you what, I'll give a little bit of context on what the film's about first. That's probably a good idea. Because it's it's such an obscure subject. So it's set in 1906 during the Moro Rebellion, and the Moro were a predominantly Muslim um group in the Philippines. Uh, the it, the rebellion followed the Philippine American War, which was a, a result of the Spanish American War because Spain ceded ownership of the Philippines to the US, along with a couple of other um, protectorates and uh, um, you know colonies, uh, mm-hmm. essentially after uh, Spain's defeat in 1898, and then essentially the Philippines become a, like an unincorporated protectorate, a territory. And they are essentially uh, later on called a Commonwealth, but they're essentially a protectorate of the United States. And there's an insurgency by the Moro um, from about like, well, essentially from as soon as the Americans arrive through to about 1913. And the film is set in, as I said, 1906. And it follows a isolated fort in the, uh, in the, I think it's in Mindanao um in the in the forest and the moro are trying to lure the americans out of the fort because they can't attack the fort because it's too strong yeah um there's some really interesting parallels with you know l- later approaches to a counterinsurgency where they try and train up the local um yeah. forces to replace american forces because you know we've seen that again in vietnam and afghanistan with varying degrees of success mm-hmm. um so it's like a I just proto this film. ISAF, aren't they? <laughs> the yeah, it's it, it's just a really interesting um, film in that there's so many parallels with what would follow, and you know they uh, tried the same approaches. Um, but there's lots for us to talk about in terms of Ali Kit. Oh yeah, interesting. There's some good um, stuff in colonialism, there. imperialism mm. uh, themes, and also filmmaking wise. So yeah, dive in, Rob. So the film was produced by Samuel Goldwyn, you know, really famous Polish um, producer that, you know, that golden Hollywood era of the 30s, 40s. Mm. Um, it's distributed by United Artists um, and Goldwyn also produced like 30s and 40s hits such as Raffles, Raffles in 39 with David Niven, uh, Pride of Yankees, another Gary Cooper movie. And uh, 1943 is the first of the few, which is uh, the, uh, the film about the creation of Spitfire, also starring David Niven. Um so it was directed by Californian director Henry Hathaway, who directed seven Cooper pictures during his career, including The Life of a Bengal Lancer, which this film is kind of like a bit of a retread. Um, a little bit, 1937's yeah. The Souls at Sea. Um, he also directed a few war films as well in the 40s and 50s, including 1944's Wing and a Prayer, 1951's The Desert Fox, and then 1971's Raid on Rommel, which had Burton in it, if you remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not a bad one. One of Burton's many desert war films. Yeah, yeah. Did Maybe a couple, didn't he? Sober him up in the desert, perhaps. Maybe that's why they, <laughs> the heat, they got the him heat. in. Yeah. The heat. Uh, cinematography was by Hungarian-born Rudolf Mate, or Mate. Not quite sure how you say that one. Um, who worked on Sahara. Um, you know, that one's coming soon to the pod. Um, the Pride of the Yankees and Foreign Correspondent, um, which, you know, good films. Good, decent cinematography for its day. There's some yep. nice shots in there. Um, the film cost $2 million, massive budget for its time. Uh, Gary Cooper was paid over 480000 of that, becoming the highest paid actor that year. Uh, the shoot took 200 days, longer than the actual Spanish-American War itself, <laughs> and was filmed um, by uh, Samuel Goldwyn Studios in West Hollywood and other Californian locations, and the sets cost $200,000. Um, this is no no small production. Um, so uh, I've got a little thing from the Kinematograph Weekly uh, detailing more on the production. So they say sound effects for Samuel Goldwyn's production, The Real Glory, 
are being carried on 22 cables stretched under 1.5 million gallons of running water for the Philippine sequences. The feat of electrical construction was completed under the direction of Thomas Moulton, chief of Goldwyn's sound department. The set comprising six acres was built by a crew of 500 men under Ralph Angel, studio construction foreman, working from US Army photographs. The lagoon required 40,000 square feet of asphalt and is 400 feet long and six feet deep. Six inch head of water will pour over the dam constantly and a five ton boom set on a pontoon was designed to give the cameras natural movement in following actions. Wow. Yeah. So this is like yeah, crazy. That great tracking shot of when they're attacking the fort, isn't there? And it they Very kind of like good. rolls backwards as they come on. That's that's mm. quite a good shot. It's really, really good. Um, and it was also reported in the Falkirk Herald on the July 5th, 1939, that 150 pounds of black hair had to be sourced for the film after Goldwyn found that his uh, Filipino extras had contemporary short hairstyles and he made he got 200 wigs made. And apparently there was like a scarce amount of like black hair for, for use in movies. And apparently most of it at the time was being used for this film. Um, what a weird fact. There. I know. I just I just came across it and I was like, that's got to go in. Um, and it, the, the article that it was in, it was like, oh, it may annoy some that you can't get any black hair right now. And it's because of this. So I was like, interesting. Um, oh, yes. was, I can yeah, see everyone was very put out by that. We thought the full Kirkians were get up in arms. Mm. Um, it was released on September 29th, 1939 and December 26th, uh, 1939 here in the UK. It was later reissued under the title A Yank in the Philippines, but it was withdrawn in 1942 by the Motion Picture Division of the Office of War Information as the, Mor the Moros were now allies of the US um, after the they entered the war in 41. So they didn't want to have any bad blood between them so that the film got um, sort of withdrew. And there was quite some controversy actually um, relating to the scene where the prisoner is threatened to be buried in a pigskin. And this was said yes. to be from a memoir from General Pershing called My Life Before the War. Um, and, and apparently a Muslim fighter had supposedly been buried next to a dead pig, but apparently that claim since been debunked and discredited by historians. Yeah, and apparently claims about bullets getting dipped in yeah, that's pig another fat thing. and stuff like that. So it's haram and, uh, and all that kind of thing. Yeah, but that's all, um, apparently that's all been debunked and the, the film has yeah. sort of propped up this myth of, of US troops doing that, but apparently it didn't happen, um, according mm. to sources. Um, which is interesting yeah i couldn't find any solid stuff on that um, but it's there nonetheless um so the retro review is from kinematograph weekly um, november 30 1939 and they lead with spectacular romantic comedy melodrama reenacting many of the events and circumstances that led to the colonization of the philippines by the americans um the central characters have foibles of their own and these decorate the story background the many interests none of them the many interests, none of them, unduly hampered by history, collaborate as the yarn methodically develops into the promotion of as thrilling and ex exhilarating climax as any yet seen on the screen. The resolute, if belated conquest of box office spectacle is led magnificently by Gary Cooper. He and the first-rate supporting cast are seen at their best. Star values, silly entertainments, certain success, and excellent popular booking. That's as clippy as a review you're ever going to get from kinematograph weekly they, they love a clippy review don't they <laughs> what did, how did they describe the film genre wise at the beginning there a spectacular romantic comedy melodrama a romantic comedy melodrama that is so far off point i know that, it's that not bizarre. Really there's wow. a love triangle in there i know that but it's there not... is there's elements of a lot of things but we'll talk about that later on i'm sure so uh, the one word reviews are back this week um, after a week off uh, and uh, we've got a few, not as many as in, in the past, but I think this movie is one that probably not not many have seen. Um, so our Burgos goes with uh, Juramentados or Juramentados. Yep. Uh, Stephen O'Neill said still waiting on Play Dirty. We'll get to that one. Don't worry. Uh, Ian McClellan said wish list. Uh, Paul uh, said uh, uh, P. Carl Burns said new to me does that count as one word you, you did put you put like hyphens in so I guess it does uh, Simon Whippet put young Cooper and Ian Gorry goes with unknown so it's a bit of a mixed bag there yeah I don't think many people have seen this one which no. is classic Foth there classic. we go <laughs> classic it's Matthew's it is. fault this week not mine 
It is. It's available on Amazon, I believe, and I think there might also be a version of it up on uh, YouTube. There's a number no, of different it on ones. YouTube. There's a few versions yeah. of it out there. To be fair, I think I, perhaps it's out of copyright. I do not know. It could be, um, but there's a yes. lot of um, there's a lot of versions of it up on there. But definitely it is on Amazon as well. Mm. Um, I guess that leads us into cast. It does, yeah. So as we already know, it's led by uh, Gary Cooper, who plays Doctor Bill Canavan, who throughout I thought was Doctor Bill Caravan. Which <laughs> not quite correct, and he plays like the most combatant, non-combatant known to man. Yeah, he loves drawing like, his pistol, and where he's like a doctor who um, basically just takes over command towards the end of the film. He's essentially playing a cowboy, though, in it. Really, they all are, and, and Goldwyn actually described the film as a western. Um, yeah, you can see it. Um, I, I was reading uh, bits of some of David Newman's biographies and, and his own autobiography. Um, and he talks about um, his role in this, where he describes it as simply a good part. He doesn't go yeah. into any more detail about the film at all. He just basically skips onto raffles, which understandably, because of I was course. the lead part for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, so as I said, Gary Cooper, um, Wings 1927, Legion of the Condemned 28, Morocco 1930, A Farewell to Arms in 1932, um, The Lives of a Bengal Lancer, which we mentioned a moment yep. ago in 1935, uh, Bo Guest 38, Sergeant York in 1941, From the Bell Tolls in 43, Unconquered in 47, Task Force in 49, Distant Drums in 51, and they came to Cadora in um, 1959, which is Really interesting one we'll have to cover at some point um, mm. about Medal of Honor um, recipients, and he's he's escorting them back to to get their medals, and it's, oh, nice. it turns out that they're all not he. It's kind of like meet your heroes, oh, kind of thing, and he's like, I need to get them back, but they're all turning out to be not the best people. Really interesting movie. Sounds good, that yeah. <laughs> um, David, I like Niven, Gary of course, mm. yeah, Gary Cooper's pretty good. I don't think he's as you know, um, taught a force in this as he could have been. No, he's not. As Tony Soprano um, said, the strong, silent type. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's not a lot for him to do, really. No, there's um, not. That's it. This apparently, uh, this was maybe Goldwyn, sort of like stealing him from bigger projects to sort of mm. get him in this. Couldn't really get a lead on that, but it seemed like Cooper wasn't too pleased to be doing Bo Guest the year before and then essentially be doing kind of the same thing. He, wasn't he does have a run pleased. of doing this sort of film, mm. that's for sure. You know, like an adventure, military-based film. Well, the swashbuckly um, adventures were popular back yeah, then, weren't they, yeah. as well? They were. They were popular. Um, David Niven's character is uh, Lieutenant Terence McCool. What a name. What I mean, that's that's literally... That's, they could, they could just Niven. call him Niven like, at this point, like because he's playing Niven, as he always Terrence does. Terence McBastard. No. <laughs> and... I love the I love the way they actually introduce his character because they do that classic trope of showing the photograph of the character in like a dossier. Yeah, and I'm like, great. this has got to be like one of the earliest examples of a military film doing a photograph in a dossier. Cl- cl- like a thing. cliche, maybe like, maybe maybe it created the cliche. We'll it could know. be like because the general puts down like a series of like fold like personnel folders. Get me McCool. Yeah, <laughs> I need McCool, and then he describes him as like a one man army. Yeah, which. You'd never heard David Niven described as a one-man <laughs> army before, but love it. I say I'm a one-man army. How lovely for <laughs> me. How lovely. So, of course, um, other military films uh, from Niven's career include The Charge of the Light Brigade, 1936, definitely one we have to cover. Dawn Patrol, mm-hmm. 38, definitely another one we have to cover. The Way Ahead, we have covered. Um, a Matter of Life and Death in 46, Soldiers 3 in 51, which is a, is a good adventure film, Carrington, B.C. in 55. Love that. The Guns of Navarone in 1961, which we might be covering soon, I don't know. The Captive Next City week. in 19... <laughs> the Captive City in 1962. The Best of Enemies, which we watched recently and That's were pleasantly really surprised by. It's so funny. Um, just needed a little bit more to it, a little bit of substance you need a little action the end. scene near the yeah, end yeah. to really cement it, but it was still, it was still good. Before Winter Comes, 69, Paper Tiger, 1975, which you mentioned in our episode about the Peyton film. Yeah. Um, Escape to Athena, 1979, and of course, The Sea Wolves in 1980. Um, the cast is rounded out by Andrea Leeds, who plays Linda Hartley, the, the love interest. She retired the next year after she got married. Oh, wow. Uh, Reginald Owen plays Captain Steve Hartley, her father. 
He played Dr. Watson in the 1932 adaptation of Sherlock Holmes. He was in Conquest, which you mentioned earlier, Rob, mm -hmm. uh, in 37. A Yank in the Raft in 41. Mrs. Miniver, the next uh, the year after. Wow. Simon Tim Brittany in 43. He was in Three Musketeers in 1948. Uh, Darby's Rangers in 1958. Nice. Um, and he was Major General Sir Brian Tegler in Bedknobs and Broomsticks, which we have actually covered Yay! on the show. Yes, love it. Um, and then we've got uh, Broderick Crawford, who plays uh, Lieutenant or Lieutenant Larson. He was in Bo Guest, Last of the uh, Comanches in 53. Wow, boy. That one. Um, up from the beach in 1965, which is yeah. one we've got on, on the list on the Fable yeah, film list. That's that a hard one to track down. That apparently, yeah. Mm. Um, mutiny at the mutiny at Fort Sharp, 1966. Guerrilla Strike Force, a Filipino film from 1987 as well. Ooh. That was his last sort of military role. Might, might be one to like dig yeah, out right. of that one. I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rudy Robles plays uh, Lieutenant Yabo, who is the only Filipino actor that has any lines in this film yeah um, shocking the representation of filipinos with speaking roles in this film is He's dire. quite bad yep aged very badly and then we've got vladimir sokolov um who plays datu who is kind of like the um alipang who is the the moral leader uh datu's character is essentially like an advisor or, or lieutenant he's like the second yep. in command he's also a bit of a spy um Sokolov was one of those um, ethnically ambiguous actors of the of the Hollywood golden era where he could play almost anything like European, Mexican, yeah. Filipino. And they made him play everyone they could as well. Yeah, you know? yeah. So he was Hollywood in... Hollywood's higher indigenous actors challenge. Impossible right. back then. Impossible. Impossible. Like I'll talk about that in a second as well. Mm. So we got West Front 1918, uh, the 1930 film. He was in that as a as a background extra um hell on earth in 1931 which is a really interesting film that we need to cover that's another world war one drama conquest in 1937 so another nice link there to a film we mentioned earlier uh west of shanghai the same year blockade in 1938 which is one of those rare um spanish civil war movies it's got henry fonda in the lead um oh, yeah i think we talked about that before yeah yeah and, and then yeah. of course um for whom the bell tolls in 43 Passage to Marseille in 44, back to Bataan in 45, and probably most recognisable to a lot of people for uh, The Magnificent Seven in 1960, where he plays the, the village elder type. Yeah. Um, then we've got uh, Testu Komami. Komai? Komai. Then we've got Testu Komai, who plays Ali Pang. Again, not a Filipino, playing a, you know, a Filipino role. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in Tell It to the Marines in 1926, The War Correspondent in 1932, uh, West of Shanghai, again with uh, Sokolov in 1937, Task Force with Cooper in 49, and Tank Battalion in 1958. Oh, nice. And that kind of rounds out the, the basic cast. Um, it's really interesting reading about you know, the production of the show because apparently they cast 1,200 Filipino extras for the film. And mm. you've already mentioned the fact that they had trouble getting the right um, wigs for yeah. them and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, New York Times article um, I, I found states that they were supervised by Senor Demandante and uh, Mrs. Uh, Padres. Padres was the daughter-in-law of the Philippine ambassador to the US at the time. Oh, wow. Um, so one of the interesting things that kind of sits between cast and... Um, production almost is uh that the philippine government at the time really weren't pleased with the film and the way it portrayed filipino soldiers no. the, the, the filipino constabulary uh, in the film and they repeatedly asked for changes and and goldwyn was apparently quite reluctant um but i i found uh, an issue of the philippine magazine from uh, 1939 volume 36 number 10 if anyone wants to go and find it and there's a very short little section which which says um, President Quezon is informed by cable that from Samuel Goldwyn, Hollywood film producer, that he has taken out scenes in the real glory which allegedly reflect on courage of the Filipinos um, as soldiers and which were caused and which were cause of protest voiced through through Commissioner Elizalde, uh, who was the Filipino uh, diplomat to the U.S. Congress. He was kind of like. 
a non-voting congressman for right. the the, the um, what would the the the, the territory uh, essentially. Mm. Um, so it seems that there was some back and forth about various scenes showing how yeah. reluctant the the Filipino constabulary were to fight the morrow, you know, and that fear of of the. Um, of well, that's the, definitely of not in the film. Swordsmen and stuff. Because they're raring this, to go. So, I mean, there's bits of that in there, isn't there? And then it shows Cooper, Ryland, you know, showing them that the, yeah. the Morrow aren't to be feared as much as they, you know. General Cooper, because he pretty much becomes the commander. He does, essentially, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, I also found a note that that kind of quotes um, the, the general thoughts of Elizalde. And it says, um, he requested the deletion of the scenes that depicted his people as inferior, morally afraid of the Moro tribe, and reflected in general against the courage of the Commonwealth. Uh-huh. So, again, kind of iterates how unhappy the Filipino government were to see yeah. how Goldwyn and the film had portrayed the uh, the constabulary. Interesting stuff. And that basically rounds out cast. Um, I did find out that Niven was on about $1,000 a week. Um, wow. Yeah, on his yeah, weekly rate. Not earning what um, Cooper was on. Christ. No, not quite, yeah. but, you know, pretty good for the day. That's got to be said. Not bad, grand. Yeah. Um, Blimey. Critics praised Cooper's performance, um, including um, Graham Greene, who who said he'd never acted better. Which wow. Is is interesting, because I feel like he had. I think he's done better work. Yeah. I think they've all done better work. <laughs> And then the the only other thing I found in terms of of cast production, um, Colonel William uh, Shutan was the technical advisor on the film, um, and he was the, the former military governor of Mindanao, where the film okay, was set. Nice. Um, and he served yeah. during the Spanish American War and later during the, the the First World War as well. Wow! So talking about advising and things like that, we should probably move into this week's alley tally. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's time for Ali Tally on Fighting on Film. I quite like seeing the, the Crag Jorgensen rifles because you don't often see them. You really do not often see them at all. Like there's there's a handful of films. There's um Fourth of April, the, the Danish movie that has them yeah. in. Uh what else has them in? Uh they're prominently in the uh, um the film Dale Die advised about the Spanish American war. Uh, they're in that. Um, right. There's not many films. No, there isn't. They're not interesting because they've got that big metal box next to the bolt yeah it's cool because like that that, that's hinged and it pops out to the side you don't really see it in the film you see it a little bit there's a bit where ali pang is kind of like playing with one fiddling around yeah and that little like it's hinged and that little box opens out and you just drop the rounds in and you close it so it's quite a clever design interesting Um, yeah because i know they have to actually open the action to 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 load the rifle that's interesting because i know they're from red dead redemption Two, yeah, and the animation yeah. on that is you open the bolt and he puts rounds in, so it must. Well, just... there's no need. <laughs> what are you doing, Rockstar? Hey, can wrong. you hear that, Rockstar? Hear that Take Two interactive? <laughs> you got that wrong. Um, yeah, no, but it's nice to see them, and I think it. I think we did some research. And we found that it's a, a shortened constabulary 
carbine version. Yeah, yeah, the eighteen ninety was it ninety six we found? Yeah, something like that. Late night, yeah, late eighteen ninety six, which is and nice. They cause... were taken from like the eighteen ninety two, the long infantry yes. model, and shortened down and altered by armories and such. Very interesting. So no, I love it. I I think the alley tally is interesting because it's it's the early nineteen hundreds and it's something we don't really see in the yeah. film, like on film very often. You know, there's hardly any Boar War movies. There's not many Zulu mm. War movies. So, you know, there isn't much representation. Well, I'm sure there is uh, plenty of representation out there of that period. But in terms of what we've covered on the show, we haven't really come across it very often. Um, well, as we said at the beginning, there's definitely not many films about this, you know, particular rebellion. Gosh, no. Um, no. And it's one, that's one of the things that drew me to the film. And I really wanted to cover it because it's so interesting in in terms of you know kit that's in there and also the the period it's saying mm. and you get niven on a gatling gun oh you get David niven firing not one but two different types of gatling two guns. types of gatling yeah do you wanna, he's on do you a, gr- he's on a grand are? a week rob and he's also getting to fire gatling guns how lovely for living the dream to be firing a gatling gun lovely marvelous marvelous why 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 are our niven impressions completely nothing like niven we're just doing archetypal posh Brit. Yeah, I say this Gatling gun is rather fun. Very drunk. Yeah, just turn the crank; it goes rat a tat tat. Oh God! I, I wish though. I wish he'd written that in his his autobiography. <laughs> you turn the crank and it goes rat a tat tat. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I love it. Oh, it's brilliant. No, it's really great to see it though, and it's lovely. I love seeing Gatling guns in anything. I think they're so interesting. Again, you mostly just see them in westerns, and yeah, you do. Perhaps because Goldwyn considered this film western, he was like, "I need, I need Gatling guns." We need Gatlings because it would yeah. have been not. It wouldn't not been Gatlings, would it? Or would it have been? I think. I'm not too I sure. think. They're plausible. They're definitely plausible for being there. You yeah. know, some, might have been something that was handed over to the constabulary because at that point, you know, they've got machine guns yeah. and such. But not only do you get the classic Gatling gun with the, the, the box magazine out the top, but you also get a Colt Model 1883, which is really cool because it's all brass and it's like the shortened version. Yeah, that's nice. Like, that's the pinnacle. That's the pinnacle of the Gatling gun. Like, it's evolved. The Cadillac of Gatling guns. <laughs> the, Cad- the Cadillac of Gatlings. It's the best a man can get in terms of gallons. <laughs> and, and it's essentially like they evolved it from about 1865. And the 83 model is lightweight, entirely encased in like a brass. And mm. it feeds from an Ackles drum, which is a big, high capacity sort of like donut shaped thing on top of it. Really cool. Mm. Possibly like the only one I've ever seen in a film as well. I actually. like the scene where they where he brings it in because they I think they it implies that they either move the one he's already fired or they've got another one and they're like putting it up on a high emplacement and you've got like mm-hmm. three lads and Niven like trying to put it on the plinth. It's great. I just love seeing I, it. I would have loved to have seen him like smash another box magazine into that the one that's on the parapet. You get one, you don't get two, do you? Yeah. Because he calls yeah. for ammunition, doesn't he? You know that point the, the morrow have stolen it. Um, yes, in the world. We'll talk about the the climax. Oh, I'm sure. God, there's parts of that that annoy me. Um, anyway, but there's another Niven bit that I absolutely adore, and I had to say it on the Ali Tally uh, rather than favourite scene. So the bit where the Moros are stealing the rifles and the ammunition, yeah. Niven notices, and he goes over, and he's he's injured already. I think at this point, um, or he's you know because he's had malaria, so suffering from malaria. cholera, isn't he? Cholera. At the same time. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he, he kind it's of goes not going to stop me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Battle of cholera won't stop me. Touch of the cholera won't stop me. Not me, David McCool Niven. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he he draws his cult army and he just gives them six rounds. And it's the most Western you'll ever see, Niven. It's, it's very nice, man, actually. It's oh, it's, it is good. Firing from the hip. And it's Drops all like, like smoke. Six, six morrow. Oh, it's great! It's just it. I might have to make that a. Uh, I might have to make that a uh, a gift because yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. Just Niven then, drawing that way, drawing that revolver. So cool. There's another scene that I really like that's that's centered around the revolver. So the Colt New Army is a 38 caliber revolver, and it was adopted in like the 1890s, um, uh, to replace the Colt single action army, like you know the classic mm. Western, um, you know single action revolver, and. There's a great opening sequence in the film where a um, a Moro swordsman attacks the colonel, 
yes. cuts him down. And the three lieutenants, the lieutenants that have arrived um, to join the command all open fire. So that's like 18 rounds going into <laughs> so this guy. Good. And it doesn't drop him. And there's a great little sequence. He finally falls, like, after yeah. someone else fires a couple of rounds as well. And there's a great sequence where um, Cooper comes into the mess and he he's just done an autopsy on the the, the Morrow uh, you know, swordsman. Yeah. And he drops a series of slugs onto the, the yeah, table. Yeah. And he says, I thought I'd missed that chap. But I hadn't. I, I dug out more, more, more lead from him than you know they could sink a battleship, yeah. or something like that. That's um, great. And that is a really interesting inclusion because there's documented accounts of thirty-eight revolvers not having the stopping power that was needed to to stop a fanatic. Um, oh, okay. Wow. During the Philippine, um, in, you know, war and in the in- insurrection, and that is one of the driving forces that led the US military to move towards the 45 caliber pistol. Oh, um, right, okay, interesting. Because uh, in, they were searching for, for that that kind of stopping power that was needed. And um, urgent so I thought it was a, issues. Right. <laughs> they actually pod on started that. just reissuing Colt single action armies in, in 45 um, Colt. Oh, right, Colt. cool. Um, a bit heavier cartridge. Yeah, just a big, beefy, like, lead mm. slug. Um, a beefy boy. But I just was really fascinated that they included that. That's nice. Um, There's a nice, nice detail to include. I like seeing the gun belts. That's cool. There's that. That adds yeah, into the Western thing. Bandoliers. Yeah. The shotgun with the Winchester. Yeah. And, um, There's nothing cooler than when when Gary Gary Cooper walks over to that chest for the first time, just yeah. casually opens it up and reaches in and pulls out an eight very Winchester cool. 1897 riot shotgun. Yeah. And nonchalantly saunters off. It's very cool. But then he, no, no one ever fires one. I think there's one gets fired once. Yeah. So there's that sequence, which is a very classic adventure movie where the, he's being chased by some um, rebels. He runs across a rope bridge. Of course, it's a rope bridge. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he, he fires a single round. He doesn't shoot the guys chasing him. He just shoots the um, like the, one of the, the side ropes of the rope bridge and it snaps yeah. and they they plunge to their deaths. Um, and he hangs on. For grim life, a guy falls down as well. I always think yeah. about that stunt man there. I'm like, that, that didn't look safe. <laughs> he just drops yeah, know, like right. 30 foot or something. And the bit, oh my god, the bit is where the bit's where the Moro in like in ironclad. It just making me laugh. The oh my god, the Moro themselves. It's insane into the fort, and there's a shot of a guy hitting the side of a bit of set and it looks genuinely painful and then gets flung through a glass window you're ruining my favorite scene <laughs> sorry but it's was just laughable pick. i'm like what are they it doing? really is there's some there's some proper gash like hollywood stuff going on there's a <laughs> bit where a guy a throws a spear downwards and it actually it cuts to the you know the pickup shot of it hitting it's him, up. and and it, it goes upwards into oh, him no, i loved it i i love stuff like that i just love it like, the bits with the um when Mike Miguel and um, the young the young lad like stops Cooper from going any further and triggers a, a booby trap and it's like just some spears that get fired out of a bamboo tube like what oh, what no, is throwing those I thought you meant the bit where Gary's pushing that spy log and he stops because oh, there's, that's a, even there's better. a punji pit straight into a punji pit yeah <laughs> like and Gary gives it the most like shove ever like come well, on he's like why aren't you moving I've completely forgotten about the traps why aren't <laughs> you moving and pushes that in and goes straight into a pit just made me laugh that was so gnarly much. actually like, there's a, that was good there's a, there's a couple of shots in this film where they really linger so there's a bit where spoilers um, one of the lieutenants is killed trying mm-hmm. to you know destroy the dam and a dam is built. Nineteen thirty-nine, Matt. I don't think it's a spoiler. Yeah. It's probably people not had, a spoiler. People, it's September thirty-nine. People had a bit more going on than what the real glory was happening. There's this bloke called Hitler, and he was going a bit mad. <laughs> you know? Oh my god! Well, yeah, they didn't get round to watching it because the things were going on wrong. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. Just, like... spoiler. Um. So one of the lieutenants is, is sort of like being shown to be eaten by ants, like his body's being eaten by yeah. ants. Which apparently, I've very... seen had twenty thousand ants. I found out apparently. Apparently so, and they had like the the, the Hollywood's top insect guy. <laughs> top insect. Goldwyn was sparing after... no money. Goldwyn was no like, "I've got two mil, and I'm going to go in." You know, we're doing this. That shot that we 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 used about two fifteenths of a second <laughs> yeah. of 
because we couldn't get it past. I gotta the... get. I can't make fake ants. Okay, I gotta get twenty thousand ants. All right. <laughs> get me a get me a fake skull and twenty thousand. Get many ants. ants for this Cooper picture. <laughs> I need I need twenty thousand didgeridoos. Um, and it's, if you know that reference, then yeah, more power to you. Um. <laughs> And then there's the bit where um, there's a very brief bit where you, you see the kennel getting hacked and then there's the major that also gets hacked to death as well. Yeah, it's quite it's brutal. It's really actually quite brutal, yeah. like visceral bits in Especially this. the um, bit where Cooper finds all the traps that have been cut to bits um, yeah, up on the trail. Spears in them and, and stuff. And the guy's been like very up to his head and it looks like he's been stabbed and all that. It's quite for 39. Yeah, that's the ant scene. Like, mm. That's the dude getting eaten by That ants. is the ant scene. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. some of the ants were busy. for me. They were, get, they were chomping away. They were having a lovely old they were, time. They buried him fast, didn't they? Because yeah. it, it pans up and there's the orchid that he loves. So, you know, again, a bit of context for anyone. Fucking flower boy. So boring. The, the, one of the oh lieutenants is obsessed with orchids. And so he, he comes boring. across as a very sort of like simple soul, but he loves them He's orchids. He's like Chumley Warner, isn't he? He's just he like really a bit, is. bit bumbling yeah. fool. Yeah. Um, last thing on the on the alley tally. I, I, actually, two things. One, the Hotchkiss mountain gun that gets briefly used to like blow a hole nice. in the wall. That's nice. Where did yeah, they yeah. get that from? God knows. God like, knows. They're like struggling to get Craig Jorgensen's, <laughs> but they've got a Hotchkiss mountain gun. <laughs> well, I, anyway. I thought it'd be having handy. <laughs> Datu's like, we need these amazing multi-shot Craig Jorgensen rifles, and <laughs> yes. and and Ali Pang's like, oh, is it as good as the? Hotchkiss mountain gun that we have. mountain gun I somehow poloined. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it just you know a shout out to the eternal look of bandoliers, slouch hats, or bush hats. It's a strong and, look. And 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 like jungle KD type. It's nice. And putties. There's a bit where yeah. there's a bit where Gary Cooper says, "Have you seen my putties?" And I was like, <laughs> "Wow, okay. Wow, this, this is, is quite the film." Yeah. And a um, shout out to Niven think... just not doing any accent. <laughs> I just love it. Yeah, Niven's, Niven's Did he Niven. ever do an accent in his entire career? I've never seen a film did. where Niven hasn't done Mid-Atlantic or really British. No, because there's no other movie. There's no movie on The Earth, closest right? he gets is Mid-Atlantic. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah. But I just, it's and just funny to really me. He doesn't really go in for that. Niven's just Niven, isn't he? It doesn't it. matter who you, who you yeah. are playing. You're just Niven, aren't you? So great. Um, yeah, he he does that thing that Tom Hanks now does where it's he's Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you've yes. cast Tom Hanks, you've cast David Niven. It's David Niven's <laughs> gonna do David Niven and it's gonna yeah. be great. Denzel Washington's in that. Um in that but I think as always Yes, he totally totally yeah, is. He yeah, is. totally is. But as always, we have you know, we've sort of spiraled into um Favorite scenes and final thoughts, bit. and we've meshed them together in a in a melange. It's so, our show. Do what we want. Let's go into um, favorite scenes. Hello, I'm Al Murray, and you're listening to Fighting on Film, the world's number one war film podcast. Rob, what was your favorite scene? Um, I mentioned it before, but Niven on a Gatling gun. You ain't going to see that in any other movies. Mm. Um, I also like during the battle that more chaps get beaten to death with rifles than get shot with them for a bit. And that really leaned into the swashbuckly style of it to me. There's a lot of um, hand-to-hand. And then there's also mm. a nice bit where um, Alapang is um, trying to escape and Cooper looks down at one of the Filipino um, soldiers and he goes, you know, stop yeah, him. Yabo. Yeah, the, Yabo, that's that. it, Yabo. Yabo. Mm. And uh, Yabo's got his Winchester aimed. And I was like, yeah, Yabo, blast him away. Like, come on. I want to see it. Oh, and I then, so wanted to see him slam fire that complete Winchester like three or four out. times. You get a complete fake out and Yabo beats him to death with the buttstock. Yeah. And he falls in the river and drowns. And I was like, why didn't you work? I was expecting Indiana Jones. Uh, sword against yeah. shotgun. Shotgun yeah, wins. Yeah. I was expecting yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. But it surprised me. This film was full of surprises. You know, I wasn't. I wasn't, I didn't hate it. I love the end battle because it was so strange. <laughs> like when men were like 
we have no ammo left, but men were running around with clearly like fifty to sixty like rounds full left. In and there was a, there's like a scene where like there's a Filipino woman that, that is like, oh no, there's no ammo, and she's holding up boxes that clearly have <laughs> rifle rounds and. <laughs> Niv- if they didn't have Niven, they'd have lost because Niven was the only one trying. He was get he was running ammo around. He was yeah. firing that Gatling like no one's business. He goes out like a pro, wanting more ammo as well. Uh, my favorite scene, favorite part of the movie is just Niven. I just love him. But I've he's got great. more. To there's say there's a bit forth, where he's like, yeah, he's struggling with with the onset of cholera, and then he. He's determined to go off and and um, find uh, Gary Cooper, who's gone off into the jungle on his own. Um, and he he gets out. He he has the sick moment of where he opens up the um, chest and pulls out a, yeah the eighteen ninety seven. Very cool. He takes he, he goes over, takes a swig out of a bottle of whiskey, and then collapses on the floor due to the onset of cholera. Yeah, <laughs> you know? um, he's great in it. He really is. I would have liked more, but we'll talk about that. A Victorian disease um, for a Victorian man, right? Um, yes. I think my favorite scene is a, it's a combination of that scene where they the opening scene where they shoot the morrow um and I, you know I talked about how that's, that's a nice good. inclusion yeah. because of you know the the debate about stopping power of pistols etc but then also as I said earlier my real favorite is the bit where they ironclad it up a bit and catapult loads of dudes. It's just so funny. At the church. I wasn't and, expecting it. And there's it. bits where like one like just like whacks like oh, no. the, the mantle of the no. of the of the church and slides it down it and really the camera painful. lingers on him. It looked really and, like, painful. There's, there's dudes like hitting trees and hitting yeah. parapet and like it's it that's a baller move. That's it a, is a spectacle that ending is, you know. Well it's, it's that classic 30s Hollywood thing where they you know the climax is going to be a big set piece, mm-hmm. and it does deliver. There's fuck you know, all that happened up to that point. Really, come on, if yeah, we're being, yeah. If we're being, you know, it's interpersonal stuff. It's one on one stuff. Um, there's a love it's, triangle. There's love triangle. It's where Flower Boy mm-hmm. thinks he's got any fucking attempts at getting that woman. It ain't happening. Plot twist, Rob. She's the one that she would have gone with, but he died. Probably. Um, yeah. Yeah. I want to name an orchid after you. Creep. <laughs> it was a different time. Um, I really love actually yes. that they set up her character by like Cooper asks her, "Why are you here?" And she says, "Well, um, there was a big earthquake in San Francisco, um, and I realised that I wanted to see my father again." And I was like, "Oh wow, okay, so we're we're using the the great earthquake of San Francisco, yeah, as." There's like um context. And I'd I rather be here than there. That. Yeah, yeah. She was a good character actually. I I, was, I didn't like she, was she wasn't a damsel in distress. She actually had a lot more going on and was just not she there. Helped. She's so she, yeah. she's actually um shown speaking uh, um Spanish as well. So mm. she's intelligent. Um I th- it might even pass the test because there's there's a scene where um two women have a conversation. With each other, and it's okay. not entirely about them. Yes. <laughs> so that oh might be a my rare, god! Yeah. A rare one. That's been that's that, that's been a long time coming on the show. Oh my god. Um. Well done, Samuel says, Goldwyn. You trailblazer, you. I, I think I think it's very brief, and then it pivots back to talking about <laughs> the men. Um, yeah. But not bad. Good effort. No, um, no it's good. It's there. Yeah. There's 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 that classic trope of um. The wife arrives, and he's so close to retirement. Rob, he's so close. Um, both of them are like they um, are. The young ladies' um, fathers close to retirement. Proper old, old codgers at this point, um, too, aren't they? And and he dies. The 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 major dies. He's killed just as he's trying to buy some uh, nice silk for his wife, who he hasn't seen in many years. He gets chefed up, doesn't he? Painful. Yeah, yeah. Ter- terrible. Um. But yeah, I, I, I did that that final set piece is, I think, the high point of the film. Of course it is. <laughs> like there's nothing else going on. I'm not gonna pick Gary Cooper battling cholera on his own for half hour. <laughs> That's the most Why boring not? Why not? <laughs> We're gonna it go to final boring. thoughts now. I'm gonna argue <laughs> it here. was, it was gonna so argue fucking here. boring. It wasn't boring, Rob. It was quite interesting <laughs> was because they're boring. like he's like, We're gonna we're gonna dig pits, we're gonna put carbolic Acid, and we're going to yeah, clean like the rooms. Learning, learning how to fight cholera is interesting, but there's, just there's not a bit in... where like 
they've put lime at the base of the mess steps and david niven like rub, like shuffles <laughs> his feet in the lime to go up before he goes in and he, okay, don't drink okay, out of the color from, from a technical standpoint yeah. interesting but to watch it for half an hour in the middle of my action and westerny hybrid what's amazing is that it's not only it's not only do they do an extended sequence of it but there's also a montage of him like working as well within <laughs> yeah. that extension and you're like we need like a push into the limit we need like we got like rocky pushing to the limit over that because it really felt like it needed it yeah i mean speaking Mary of montages <laughs> got to dig the lampets when you're fighting Colorado. Colorado. <laughs> Oh my god! There's another montage at the beginning where the, the the troops are getting trained as well. That's good. I needed. I wanted more of that because mm. th- that's the whole point of where, them being there to train. Exactly. The, the this is where my final thoughts come in. Right. I can I can put up with a love triangle because it's a 30s movie. They do it right. They can't help it. One. Right. It, they're just in style. Right. So you got the love it's triangle. It's actually a love quadrangle. A quadrangle as well. Yep. So there's a lot going on, and that wasn't insufferable because there's some funny moments where they're yeah. all trying to like outbest each other, and mm-hmm. Niven's winning, then Cooper's winning, then Flower Boy comes in and tries to name an orchid after her, and it's all a bit awkward. Um, <laughs> but it's funny, it's good, it, you know, well written. And then obviously Collar a bit comes in, and I was just like, yeah. oh, God, and I'm like, changes again, the tone a bit, doesn't it? It really does. And then after that, you get one. I think it's a throwaway line from either Niven or Cooper. Where they go, we need to train these men up. Why aren't we training these men? I was like, you just spent half hour fighting fucking cholera. You could have cut that out, even if it might have happened. I don't know. Like, I'm not clued up on the American Spanish War. Um, but it's, it's the Moro Rebellion, Rob. It's not Moro even... Rebellion, sorry. <laughs> but where where's your bit of like Niven and Flower Boy and Cooper training them up, showing them shooting, showing them tactics, all yeah. things like that? You need more of it. There's bits where they, they, it's mostly drill, isn't it? And it's mostly drill. And the, the, the and that whole sequence is, is a, a vehicle for Cooper interfering with the training almost to the yes. annoyance of the, the, the commanding officer where he's by the book and he wants them trained going in blind. a certain way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a very unusual like plot point as well. <laughs> I don't know why that's included. <laughs> Oh they my god, I know. Like oh tiny. god, isn't it cold at the end where Cooper comes up and goes, I wish you could have seen it. I'm like, oh my god, Gary. <laughs> like, see, Gary. I felt it. Yeah, that was yeah, quite he, cool. Like, wow. Um, and then at the end, they've got him with, with a pair of very um, 19th century sunglasses on. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> like, he's blind now because he's wearing the sunglasses. But yeah, it was so weird. And then, just, and then the movie just ends after that. But I, yeah. I just found it, I didn't hate it. I, no. I quite enjoyed it on some level. I love any movie Niven's in. I just think he's great. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those Niven eternal, on a Gatling gun. That's why I wanted to do it. eternal British. I didn't say it was a good film. Actors. I just said no, it was no. interesting. But it, it was just, it couldn't, it just didn't know what genre it wanted to be. Was it a melodrama? Was it a romantic oh, comedy? Was God, it action? Was it a Western? And there wasn't enough of everything. Niven and I'm gonna keep calling him Flower Boy, doing a massive disservice to that actor. But um, it's the only way I can remember him. They just don't do anything much until the no, end. They don't. They're kind of just there. No wonder he was on a on a day rate because he didn't have much to do. And, and Cooper yeah. is good, but Cooper is I don't want to say I don't want to say like like miscast, but he's certainly he kind of doing is. a lot more. He can't. He yeah. can't. I think I think you have a point there because. You know, you could have had. You know, there's a couple of other people you could have had in that role at that point. Errol Flynn. Would have, Errol Flynn, absolutely. Errol Flynn would have been on point, and you know, we would have had a, um, you know, a wings or is it Dawn Patrol rather? Um, that would have been nice. Yeah. Element of it with Niven and and Errol Flynn like bouncing off one another. That would have been peak. That would have been um, cool. But yeah, you're right. It it totally is. Uh, it's a very confused film in that it it's is. a western war it's a western war film medical drama adventure picture yeah. um wow rolled into one yeah. um and not all of those themes come together harmoniously no they don't uh, you could cut times. out the you could chop the collar a bit out and i don't think it ch- the movie changes at all yeah yeah i honestly you could rewrite that bit because 
the way the, the cholera epidemic begins because the Moro dam the river that flows through the village mm. um, and causes you know a shortage of water. So that you know um, the water's fouled up. Yeah, and that causes like various different problems. Yeah, um, and and illnesses and and the cholera begins, and then there's an epidemic, and then that is your that is your mid mid film dip. It sags so much. I'm just like, oh my god! And then, oh, just that bit really threw me off, and I, I was like, willing for some action. And then you get it. It's a bit muddled, isn't it? Yeah, there's like a like a sojourn where they go up into the hills to blow up the dam, and um. But I know at the time it was really well received. People loved it. You know, it was it's, it was it's the reviews were so glowing. It, yeah, it, I mean, you can do a I lot. I think worse. audiences at the time were more used to that kind of melange of themes and, and yeah, styles i think that's it and we do say um, that a lot whereas the show. probably nowadays when we're more expecting of a, of a more you know straightforward you know not having comedic elements in your film that includes cholera and you know um <laughs> yeah. insurgency you know yeah um yeah and maybe treat the treat the moros with a bit more respect than just we got yeah you got we got to talk about at. the fact that it is a very you know it's very of its time. Very much a movie of its time. There's mm-hmm. a lot of imperialism. There's a lot of othering going on. Cooper insists on calling um, a young Moro boy, Miguel Mike, throughout the whole film. <laughs> um, Gary, my mate. The, <laughs> there's one bit where the, the two officers are talking about the militia and he calls them all little brothers, which is very... Yeah, like, oh, I, was like, okay. I was like, this, what's I, in I, the 1939 is this? I was thinking <laughs> when I was watching it. And to be fair, it does reflect probably attitudes of the period that the film's set in. Without a doubt, yeah. But again, it's all of its time. Um, and it's interesting to see imperialism, colonialism uh, reflected in a, in a film. Especially like American colonialism, because they were kind of new boys to that, weren't they, really? That's a very, you know, a, a very rare thing to see on film as well. I mean, you know. Yeah. It's it's a fascinating film with a lot of interesting things going on, and it's got right for a remake. Gun. I think one of those films yeah. I'd like to remake with a bit more. You Min- know, minus minus the cholera section. Yeah, cut the please maybe cut the truncated. Cholera. Yeah, yeah. Also, California has never looked more like the Philippines. Oh, it's amazing. The, the, just for the set alone, is is it's incredible. Yeah. You know, making that canal. It's just it's a, it's a real feat of filmmaking, um, mm. and doing it at a time. Did you, you read the bits? It. Did you read the bits where uh, Douglas Fairbanks and a number of other like former studio heads were like complaining that Goldwyn was going to destroy the the back lot that they built in no. the twenties? No, that I I read so I read in one of um, Niven's biographies um, that there was some backlash around um, around a lot of old um, like outdoor sets being demolished to build that okay. big that big set and Fairbanks was, was going just like tear it all down for my Cooper yeah, picture right. <laughs> and Fairbanks was was like talking to American um like art museums and stuff and being like can we not like get some of this saved and get in a collection somewhere Apparently. Fairbanks got his knickers in a twist I'm trying to make this Cooper picture here <laughs> knock, knock down that wall do as I say Oh, and then finally, one thing we missed out on the alley tally was the dynamite candle that that, um, that Gary throws at oh, one point. Oh, that was quite cool. Yeah, quite funny. Um, that was good. But I think that's that, it. I think we think we've run out of steam on the real glory in 1939. Yeah. Um, and yeah, another another review there for you. I mean, I I didn't dislike it, but I didn't like it. I think that's fair to say. <laughs> like, it's an interesting film. I it's I'm not yeah. going to say it's the best film, um, but it's certainly. Probably the, it's one the most interesting film made that. about that topic. Yeah, pre pre pod list that we made. It's finally been ticked off. Yes. Um, and yes, and and next week, as we mentioned at the top of the show, it's our hundred and fiftieth episode. So we are going to be reviewing a classic, a, a sort of oh, Avengers God. level event film of its day. One hundred and fifty um, episodes one, of us. One hundred and fifty war films, and we've still not done any real big ones. <laughs> we have, we have, we, no, we've done like a bridge too far. We've done, we've done things like that that we have. Um, but you know, the the show's motto is that we want to cover everything obscure and classic um as well as the big hitters because we said when we started the show if you did the big hitters you'd be done in a year and, and you'd have to it's very you know, true it's very true you have to mix and, it and in. 
you know, whenever we talk to people, you know, listen to the show, I'm always struck by the fact that, uh, you know, 80% of them always say it's great that you highlight so many yeah. films that, you know, that's the reason that's the whole point of the show. Where else are you going to get an hour on the real glory? <laughs> I can't think anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Someone, if we don't do it, someone else will so we might as well be us there you go folks <laughs> right so uh, do join us next week for our 150th episode where we'll be covering guns of navarone if we didn't already mention it niven again baker yep. peck there you go gregory peck, peck. yeah quinn and i have a cinerama press book for guns of navarone that i'll be dusting off for the episode maybe read Ooh. a few paragraphs from that it's color it cost me like five pound from a little charity shop a few years ago been sitting on it um looking forward to dusting that one off and um joining Niven and co again um to knock out a big gun on a big mountain lovely what more could you want honestly <laughs> what more could you all the best war movies when you think about it are on mountains and cliffs <laughs> like where eagles there it adds jeopardy what can i say it really yeah. does doesn't it yeah exactly so um yeah thanks again for listening we'll catch you next week for the 150th and if you haven't listened to all 150 episodes head to fightingonfilm.com where you can find all of them on yes. our website and you can catch up just in time for next week that way you <laughs> you'd have to do a lot but no fair play <laughs> bye bye